presents come from India. No kidding, how come? How the hell do I know how come? The important question is, where do they get all the skeletons with perfect teeth? I'm gonna ask you a serious question. How many people you know die with a beautiful, perfect set of choppers in their puss, huh? Well, nobody I can think yeah, of. Yeah, no. Someone where the corpses started eating the pupil, right? Sure. What, what about it? Did you know that movie was based on a true case? <laughs> Come on, you're shitting me, right? Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and it is my honor and pleasure to welcome our special guest tonight, Tom Matthews. Tom, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure, and uh, it's... Like I told you in the pre-call, it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, I remember watching Return of the Living Dead when I was 11 years old. So before we get into the movies and stuff, during this crazy times of COVID, what have you been up to lately? I get up every day. I have a construction company, so that keeps me going every day. I've got guys who work for me, and we're just out there creating. It's all custom stuff so it's it's fun it's not like cookie cutter stuff so it's it's always uh it's always fun to get up and it's always something meet, uh, it's always something different and it, I, it, 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 it's very artistic yeah the way we do it <laughs> and i've noticed by looking over your stuff on imdb you're still involved up until last year still doing some video shorts so you are still involved in the acting business is that correct yeah i i, I did a western uh, a couple years ago just came out in october called uh uh warpath that was a lot of fun we shot it in detroit or in <clears throat> michigan and uh that was a fun thing and then we've been doing the the friday the 13th fan films mm -hmm. we got vinnie gustafero back involved and to the prequel, Never Hike in the Snow. So that's been a lot of fun. And then based on that, I did uh, a movie uh, with uh, Barry J, who wrote and directed. He was the executive producer on Never Hike Alone. And he wrote a thing called Killer Therapy. And I played the kid's dad who's in therapy. And he just, it's a wild ride, but it just... Uh, it's just a horrific movie. <laughs> How does it feel 36 years later that the character of Tommy, Tommy Jarvis is still being shown in like the video shorts like you've been doing? How does that make you feel? It feels, it, it's amazing. You know, it, it's, uh, we got the video game that came out, which I'm also involved in that. And, and I think that's, uh, it's creating a whole new, uh, generation of fans all the kids are playing all the kids who shouldn't who shouldn't but do shouldn't see the movie because they're too young to see the movie uh uh they're fans of jason and they're going to you know look at the old relics in color of uh, jason lives that was shot 35 years ago. Absolutely. I mean, I was a kid when I watched it, and Jason and Michael and Freddie, those were the three biggest slashers, and I was watching them from an age well young than I should have been. So let's go back, okay? Let's go back to, uh, let's start with Return of the Living Dead, okay? First off, how were you approached for the role of Freddie? Uh, I got a call from Sanzi Stokes. She was the casting director, and... Um... I love the script immediately. I, you know, I just uh, I didn't see it as a comedy at all. It was just hard hitting, and, and uh, I I love the uh, the arc of the character going from a sweet innocent punk rocker into a blood brain sucking zombies. So that that's a lot of fun for an actor to play. 
Uh, I, I went to the audition and uh, read for everybody, and I didn't hear anything. Didn't hear anything for nine months, and I got a call back, and I thought, no pun intended, but I thought that thing was dead. That project was dead. So uh, I go back in, and while I'm auditioning again for the callback, it comes to light that I, I've already been hired because my I don't know why they didn't tell my agent or my agent didn't tell me or whatever. So they're, they're, they're reading with six different actresses and Beverly Randolph ended up getting the part. Wow, wow. And the nine months, the delay for the nine months was a, a legal thing. They didn't have uh, the title. They had to work out some legal issues with the, with the title. You the know, name Return, the Return of the Living Dead. And that actually brings me to my next question. When you were approached with the script or when you got to meet the director, Dan O'Bannon, did they tell you that uh, this might be a spoof from the Romero Dead movies? I'm assuming that's probably where the legal issues came with the, with the naming of the movie and stuff. But did anyone say, okay, we're doing a comedy spoof? Because you're right. I agree with you. I don't see Return of the Living Dead no. as a pure comedy. I don't. I really don't. It's, it's a great. It's, it's not. It's not a. It's not a pure comedy. That's what I love so much about it. What the truth? You laugh at the situations, the real life situations the kids get themselves into. That's what makes yeah. it so funny. Exactly. It's unbelievable and comical. It, I mean, part two we kind of went for the went for the gags a little bit, um, but part one is a pure. It's really a drama, uh, a, a horrific. It's uh, um, I forget the name of the, the term I'm trying to use, but uh, yeah, we played it. We played it, everyone played it for real. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's just the great writing and the directing, you know. And you got to work directly with uh, James Karen, who played Frank, and then, of course, uh, Clue Glagger, who uh, played Bert. Your scenes were primarily with them. Uh, how did it feel to work with those two guys? Oh, it was great. I, you know, Jimmy and I, we, we became friends, and, and we had a, we had, a, had a lot of fun. And uh, and then Clue, you know, he was very serious. He, he got he got called. He got brought in late. Uh, we had the luxury of being able to rehearse for two weeks uh, before principal photography. So that was that was uh, very instrumental. And it also uh, Clue wasn't able to be a part of that because he hasn't hadn't been hired yet. So uh it was all business with him he's under a lot of stress he had a lot of dialogue in his scenes and uh uh so uh you know i think we the kids had more fun than than, than clue was having with some of the grown-ups but it was great work with jimmy and don Kauf, of course was, was so much fun uh just really great memories of of the whole you know whenever i look back on on on, on past projects i always go back to return of the living dead because it was really a a really special um, movie and experience for me uh, personally because it's my first lead in a movie and, and it was truly really a collaboration, you know, for Dan O'Bannon to involve us and ask us what do we think about his script that he wrote and he's directing and if there was any input. And it was just amazing because it was really a, a collabor collaboration. I'd say maybe 10% of it, 15% of it is ad libs and and we'd we'd ask dan or jimmy and i would work on something you know like this like this job was i just threw that in at the, at the last minute and people seemed to like it um so it was a lot of fun um and i realized that i was going i was going i was coming home and i was living at my grandmother's in hollywood at the time and uh said no to me and it was it was like and then it dawned on me that i heard the word no for the first time in weeks it was a collaboration i'd never heard never heard the word no so it was 
it was really refreshing. So it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, this is really cool. So it was a, it was a lot of fun, a really special time for me. Uh, it does. It sounds like an amazing time. Now, the movie sort of divided into you with the characters of Frank and Bert. And then we have the kids outside in the cemetery. Linnea Quigley is also part of that cast. How much interaction did, uh, you know, you and the people that you were doing your scenes with have with the group of kids that were outside in the cemetery? Behind the scenes. We didn't, uh, I mean, I saw them, yeah, behind the scenes, we, we, we'd hang out on the set and stuff, and and uh, John was really good friends with Eric Stoltz, so he'd come by the set and stuff. Uh, Brian Peck was always getting into, you know, he he's a he's a he's a real horror fan, so he was always looking for stuff to take and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, you know, I'd see them, you know, we'd hang out, but we didn't really have a, a whole lot of scenes together. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. I did show up. I did show up when Linnea did have her her, her uh, nude shot, though. I, I kind of went in early. <laughs> I was. I think I was twenty four at the time. Yeah, I don't blame you. you. I don't blame you. <laughs> I met Linnea Quigley back in the nineties at a convention. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. Now, uh, yeah, she's a sweetheart. She's uh She's a, actually my my wife and her are in cahoots now because they're rescuing. They're rescuing dogs from shelters and stuff. So I've got nine dogs here right now. Oh, was, wow. Yeah. My wife, Carl, has been rescuing uh, a German Shepherd. She represents a, 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 a rescue bag. Uh, President Biden has a, a German Shepherd. So they went to her for a comment and stuff like that. So that was that was pretty and so, Lene and my wife are in touch. That that that's that's amazing. Sorry, you you were cutting in and out there, so I apologize for that. Now, um, let's go to um, like I said, going a little bit back to Romero's dead. Did Dan or anybody make was. Did, the, did, the, did Romero's Dead movies at all come up during filming of Return of the Living Dead in conversation with Dan or anybody else, uh, maybe to draw some similarities or to make sure to stay away as far as possible from it? We had no conversations like that at all. Okay. okay. None whatsoever. Okay. Uh were there any kind of improvised scenes in Return of the Living Dead that either did make it into the final cut or did not make it into the final cut? Any kind of ad-libbing of any sorts? Yes. Uh, I threw in, like, this job. Jimmy, Jimmy, Karen, and I would, would get together and, you know, rehearse our scenes before we shot it, of course, uh, just to kind of get the juices flowing and stuff like that. And we just, We would... We would throw in stuff here and there. Uh, as far as things, no, no, no. Okay. At the beginning, I think of, you know, one out of ten times he, he, he would say no. But uh, he was open to what we what we were saying. That's what made it so special. And, and let me point out, it's highly unusual for a writer director to let you do that uh, uh and and kudos to him and this was his first film that he was uh you know directing so you you know because usually writers make you stick to the words and yeah. punctuation and you know that's how that's how they see it and that's how they want it done okay that well that totally makes sense when you first read the script and well first of all let me ask you this question before you landed the role on Return of the Living Dead, did you, did you enjoy the horror genre? Did you watch any of Romero's dead movies, the zombie movies at all? Uh, were you interested in them? Did you like them? Did you even watch them? I had some... Um, 
I think I got more into it after Return, and then I did Friday the 13th Part 6. What I really appreciate, it wasn't really my cup of tea at the time, mm -hmm. but what I appreciated was the filmmaking yeah. aspect of it. Um, so to be there and to, to shoot what we shot, and then how, to me, it was like all one big puzzle on how it all came together. Uh, at the end was uh, amazing because you know, when you're shooting, it's not it's not in order. So you have to jump you jump around depending mm -hmm. on what set you're at. You know, if you're at if you have a set, um, of the movie at the end, we're not going to come back to the end of the movie. You, you have the, the the it's already set up, it's already lit. It's cheaper for production to shoot it that way. Okay. Okay. Uh, what did you think of the whole aspects that they wrote into the movie where the zombies can talk? And, of course, their main word is brains. Uh, from reading the script... Yeah, that... Now, I was going to say, that that is one of my favorite scenes of the movie is when they're having the conversation with the half core. Watching that, uh, that whole conversation and that insight to the zombie world. It was great. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when the paramedics arrived and the zombies ate the paramedics and the zombie gets on the, on the CB radio asking for more brains, paramedics to be sent. Uh, the zombies themselves are the ones that make it lighthearted and fun and you actually grow a little fond of watching these zombies on the screen because they can talk they're not mindless corpses just roaming around looking for their next meal i mean do you agree with that you there uh yeah i, I i'm here <laughs> you were in and out. Sorry, uh, I have a poor connection. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, you you can. Uh, they they definitely have personalities, uh, and you could. I mean, that's something that's something interesting to explore. You know, in the future. It, it uh, is. I think uh, I may be wrong about this, but uh, Return of the Living Dead is a cult classic. To this day it's it's become a classic movie and it's because they really did make some uh transitions from what people expected the zombies to do at that time they could talk absolutely they, yeah they it, talk and they were fast yeah. and uh it's actually part of pop culture now yes uh i asked i've asked people and i'll tell you why i've asked people what do zombies eat? And they say brains. I go, have you seen Return of the Living Dead? And a lot of them haven't, but they know that zombies eat brains. So the fact that that information has superseded the the movie uh, makes it part of pop culture because that's what everyone... I mean, I was watch, I watch a silly TV show and they'll be have zombies, fake zombies, or playing zombies, and they'll be brains, brains chasing brains because of return of the living dead exactly so it's a lot it's been a lot of fun i loved it i loved it i absolutely loved it i know everyone loved it I, I mean uh now uh if uh when did you get notified that they were going to make a sequel and you were going to be coming back in return of the living dead part two they called my my agent called me and um I was, uh, I think I was still working for Lorimar Productions. And they were doing, over at the old MGM Studios. So that's how I got my SAG card, by the way. That's another story. So uh, there's a guy in internet in the international department. Now, Lorimar did Dallas and Knott's Landing and Falcon Crest mm -hmm. and a bunch of shows. So uh, big company. But the guy in uh, international affairs, his name was Larry Myers, I believe. Uh, he knew about Return of the Living Dead Part Two coming up, and 
um, he was involved somehow, some way. Um, and he told me that, um, that Jimmy and I were called back because of the Japanese distributors. It was a big success. Part one was a big success in Japan mm -hmm. and they were willing to give them extra, give them money to make the movie. Uh, cause you pre-sell the movie, you have the script and you pre-sell yeah. it if, if you have a, if it do, does well in the country. So you get money to make the movie, a couple million bucks or, you know, 500,000 or whatever it is, gives them the right to distribute the movie in that country. So the Japanese distributor said they would love to, uh, you know, have the rights, but they wanted James Cairn and myself to come back, uh, in the movie to reprise our roles in some, some fashion. So that's why we came back. That's the only reason why we came back, because as you know, everyone got nuked in part one, or allegedly got nuked. You don't really see it. But. <laughs> I I loved uh, the aspect of the movie of you and uh, uh, James releasing the toxin accidentally into the air, which sort of you guys were responsible for what would end ultimately end up being the end of the world <laughs> because you guys played with that canister and you and you yourselves got infected uh the scenes the sequence of events that i really really also love is how you guys slowly on screen turn into zombies not only that at some point along the line you guys physically die like when the paramedics came to check on you you had no pulse you had no heartbeat and you you your character in particular was just freaking out did you like that aspect and how that was written and incorporated into the movie oh i loved it It was a slow burn throughout the movie that was slowly dying and and, and stuff and, and the lines yeah no blood pressure what do you mean no blood pressure no pulse what are you saying? He's dead, man. So yeah, it was, it was fun. And then for Tina to stick by my side until, you know, I completely turn. Uh, that was uh, pretty amazing. Until I want to eat her brains. That was that was fun. But yeah, it was for Jimmy Karen. You know, for him to, it was his idea actually to get into the crematorium and kill himself. Really? To burn himself. And put his to put his ring on the on the on the hand on the lever. Put his ring down, kiss it, you know, and say goodbye because yeah. he didn't want to. He didn't want to go on. That was his idea to to jump in there and burn himself all the way. Down. <laughs> he didn't want to become a zombie, a brain brain eating zombie. Uh, when you got fully transformed, like we played in that clip in the beginning, how did it feel yeah. for you to have the full makeup on? Uh, how did they direct you, say, Tom, you are now a full-fledgling zombie. This is how you're going to behave. How did they explain it to you? How did you feel acting that out? They didn't have to explain shit to me. I knew exactly what to do. I was a fucking zombie, man. Are you kidding? Balls out. Just go crazy. You go, ten. You go full zombie at that point, bro. <laughs> So you basically just had fun with it and let loose. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now were there? Busting ass down the hallway. It was. It was a lot of fun. It was. I could. You, it looked when you were bursting through that door, and just I could tell you were just having so much fun with it. And like <laughs> you just explained, balls to the wall. Yeah let all the rules just fly out the window and i'm just yeah. gonna have as much fun as i can with this all right let's yeah. switch gears uh i don't think i saw i don't think i've seen what well, i think i've seen as intense zombies since then but not before then i can't remember no. a zombie for before that no that was as intense <laughs> no i i can't either to be honest i cannot i just I just thought of that right now. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you can definitely put yourself in front of the line of people who revolutionized. Hey, this is a zombie who has thrown out all the rules and is going just buck ape crazy. Uh, let's switch gears. Let's go to Friday the 13th for a bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tommy Jarvis was first introduced 
in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, part four. Of course, it wasn't the final chapter. It was uh, played by Corey Feldman. They did bring the character, played by another actor, for a little bit in the movie following it, part five. And then you got the role in part six, the lead role in Friday the 13th, part six, which is called Jason Lives. How did that all play out? How did you get it? And so on. Uh, I got the call from my agent and uh, just seeing a few pages, the scenes that they want you to read. Mm -hmm. uh, read for the first, uh, Champion Basker, I believe were the casting agents at the time. I read for them and then... Um, Got a callback and was went over to Paramount for my callback and I read against I think three or two or three different guys for the, the role of Tommy Jarvis and I ended up getting it. No, Lachlan was there, from what I understand, in the room. There's probably 10, 12 people in the room. Frank Mancuso Jr., the executive producer, Tom McLaughlin, and a few other people. It's kind of blurry, you know. You're you're nervous when you go in, you read, and you do your thing, and then you get out, and then you you go uh, hopefully to an, another audition in the same day if you're lucky, and then you hear about it whether you got it or not. Were you excited to be joining the Friday the Thirteenth franchise? I was happy to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, I totally get I it. I mean, look. I studied, I, I was doing, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was in high school. I was kind of floundering, not knowing what, what I wanted to do with my life and, and uh, got out of high school not knowing what I wanted, just kind of meandering. And I had skills. I mean, I had talents that I didn't even know I had, like the construction and carpentry and stuff like that because my grandfather worked in a studio, so we always had tools in the, in the workshop and in the garage and stuff. And we were always, I mean, from a young age, we would be in there stuff my brothers and I and uh, so uh, yeah I was just happy to get a job I, I, I was dating this girl and she suggested why don't you become an actor so then you study and I became an actor and was like and then you study and you start doing commercials and stuff like that and then you get a, a lead and then you get another lead in a, in a feature film and it just it's great I mean you're lucky and and uh, just happy to be a part of it so yeah I was just happy to get have a job and it was a great role you know, uh, knowing nothing about the franchise. I had seen part one before. Of course, everybody had. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, after I got the role, I went and looked, looked at uh, one through five and again. And uh, just, you know, happy to be going off to Georgia to shoot a movie. Now, they tried killing Jason off. And uh, in part four, with Tommy being the one that actually kills him, and continuing the franchise without Jason. That was not very successful with uh, Friday the 13th Part 5. So they ultimately decided yeah. that they have to bring Jason back. And uh, we know Tommy, your character in Part 6, is suffering PTSD from uh, what happened to him as a child. You have to go to the cemetery. I guess you're looking for some kind of closure. The point I'm trying to get to here is... Now, this is Friday the 13th, part six. Part five did not do that well. It wasn't that it wasn't received by the audience that well. They knew they had to go back to Jason. Do you know what kind of a budget, going back to those days, uh, was given to Friday the 13th, part six, to bring Jason yeah. back? I don't. I don't know what the budget was, uh, but I do know what you've all, everything you just talked about is Tom McLaughlin's uh, fault. Frank Mancuso, and Tom and I have had this conversation before, that Frank had gone to him and said, I don't know how you do it, uh, but I need a script where we bring Jason back and... Uh, you have to resurrect him somehow. And so Tom thought about it. And he also, he went back to Frank. He goes, throw in some humor. He goes, Frank said, you can throw in some humor as long as you don't make fun of Jason. Okay. He's not the bun of a joke. 
So, and then Tom wrote this great script. I mean, you actually, you know, you have characters. There's, there's dialogue, there's feelings, there's uh, uh, exchanges of, of uh, conversations and thoughts and stuff. It's not, you just don't see Jason hacking and, and slicing people up well, I, a couple of times. I personally <laughs> really, really enjoyed Friday the 13th Part 6. I really did. I mean, I'm being completely honest. Uh, I liked, you know, probably in order parts one, two, three. I liked part four. And then I would put part six right there near the top of my list. Uh, I liked your character, uh, uh, Megan, who was, of course, Megan Jennifer Cook. Uh, I knew Jennifer Cook. She was a part of the V TV series. I don't know if you're aware, if you know that or not. But she I was, do. yeah, she was sort of a big thing back then as well. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought the writing was good. Uh, do you like how they brought Jason back to life? Where it was sort of like a Frankenstein. Uh, he got brought oh, back to yeah, life that, by, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that opening sequence for, for Jason is, is, is one of my favorite uh, sequences in the movie. It just, I mean, it, all that before the credits even roll. It's just uh, really amazing. A lot of fun, a lot of action. The, the rain, the timing of it, the lighting of the match, trying to put the gas on them, then it rains, and it just, uh, just everything. And uh, you know, the, 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 the lightning bolt hitting the spear, and spear, the spear smoking, and his eyes open. It just uh, is beautifully orchestrated. Yeah, I mean, Tommy must have felt guilt because his way of getting closure brought Jason back to life. And I'm sure he was freaking out, of well, course. Of totally course. felt responsible, and, and to this day, I'm sure he still feels responsible. And, um, you know, I see him as, as a tortured soul and never, ever being able to rest because he's just waiting for the second shoot had dropped for Jason to come back again as a continuation of part six forgetting everything after after part six of course <laughs> yeah everything part I think part six <laughs> to me personally was the last really great uh Friday the 13th movie what was uh your aunt what was the your work relationship like with uh, Jennifer Cook who played the character of Megan it was great. We got along great. She was uh, very light and easy going and, and professional and, and um, just a, a lot of fun to be around. And she was she was great. I mean, love to be there. And it was it was an amazing time. Yeah. Fun I mean, to work with. I'm sure you're aware of this, but back in the 80s, you know, you were considered somewhat of a sex symbol. <laughs> you, you, you were like the, the hot guy. OK, that, uh, you know, everybody wanted to uh to cast do you attribute you getting the role on friday the 13th uh from the success of return of the living dead you know i asked tom mclaughlin that recently and he said no, no. had nothing to do with that okay because i don't think tom even knew about it there's only i mean the timing was it was only a year so it's not it was that very long. close yeah yeah so i mean he's writing the script and and uh, going through the motions of trying to make a motion feature film, and you know, it's not it's not that long of a time. Exactly. Between, uh, yeah. Yeah. One and, uh, and the other. Return of the Living Dead is just one of those movies that, as time went on, it just got more and more popular. You know? It's just so great. I mean, there's so many one-liners, and I, you can watch. It's like you can just watch it from almost any point of it, and and just have a good time it just uh pick up i mean the split dog i mean just Jane, what dan it was just genius what he did uh, the, genius yeah the, all it, the layers every bit every scene it, it's classic it, uh tell us a little bit about I mean, oh go on no i was gonna say that scene where we, we that yellow corpse is in the freezer and we start getting animated and, i mean that, that old, that whole scene is just so funny. We have to knock the lock to let him out so Frank can like put the put the pickaxe in him. But he gets out, he busts open the door, he runs right past Frank as he's freaking out. Jumps on, <laughs> jumps on uh, uh, Clue, 
It's just like, it's just, and then we get him down, we get him down, and he's still moving. We've got to cut his head off. I mean, it, it's the, so wild. It's the, I, I it's call so funny. I call it the mother of all entertaining uh, zombie movies. <laughs> and it took decades for another one to come along that would sort of be in the same class. And I don't know if you've seen this movie, but next to Return of the Living Dead, I would say Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Love of fun. That, that's also a lot of fun. But even Shaun of the Dead does not have like all the little bits like you just described. Throughout the entire movie that are just classic scenes like Return of the Living Dead has. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Tommy Jarvis character in the Friday the 13th video games. Uh, switching gears to the video game, we... Uh, I, think, I think it's my understanding that they had already shot or, or produced a lot of it and... Um, the fans wanted to see Tommy Jarvis come back, so they contacted me, and uh, we went back, back and forth on an image because, for me to sign off on, because the first one they that Gun Media sent me over was a guy with had dark hair and a five o'clock shadow, and I, obviously he hadn't seen the movie, so we went back, we went back and forth, six times, and then I went and. Uh, just uh, did some voiceovers of the of the game of my image on on screen for a couple hours and and that was it. How do you feel about doing voiceover work as an actor as opposed to being on the screen? I mean, what's the real? I mean, do you, you have to do it. Yeah, you 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 generally do it anyway when you're making a movie mm -hmm. because. Sometimes the audio will go out. There'll be one or two scenes, or hopefully one or two scenes only, that you have to uh, loop, your, loop your scenes. So it wasn't a foreign thing to me. Uh, I had done it before, you know. Uh, it's just one of those things that you have to do because the sound is bad or there's an airplane going over at a particular moment or a train or someone does something that you can't have on, on the recording for some reason. So we kind of do it anyway. So Yeah, I would uh, assume do that yeah. doing voiceover acting might be a little bit easier. You don't have to worry about makeup. You can show up uh, to the recording studio in sweatpants and just... Oh, yeah, for sure. You don't have to work out, you know, you don't have to look good. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a friend, he's, he's part of a... I have a good friend. He's a part of a, a group here. They call the Loop Group. That's all they do. There's a it's a band of actors. There might be ten or twelve of them, uh -huh. and they go around and they they do all the atmosphere uh, in restaurants and behind the scenes and whatever off camera stuff. That's his job. That's what he does. Uh, yeah, for me, voiceover works. It just sounds like a, a lot of fun. Now, taking the characters of Freddy and Tommy Jarvis, uh, well, in reality, the movies, Return of the Living Dead and Friday the 13th, out of those two, which one are you more proud of than the other? I'm, You know, I, I have to say I'm proud of them both, but um, Return of the Living Dead is more near and dear to my heart for those reasons I spoke of earlier. Mm -hmm. It was really, it was really, I really got to, appreciate the experience the more I worked later on um, and I was just so grateful and it was a big part in a, in, a, in a movie and I was just like I was just so happy and just so glad to be going to work every day and it was just my dream had come true so and the cast was great and, and you know Jimmy Karen and I were became really good friends we found out on part two that we had the same birthday Wow! So we would going forward from we would have we would share our, our birthdays together, and he'd come over to the house for the holidays and stuff with his wife Alba, and uh, we became very close. And I'd go to he doesn't live he he didn't live too far from here, about fifteen twenty minutes from where I live. So we'd see each other a lot, you know, probably three or four times a year. And then of course at the conventions when he was doing them, we'd see each other, which. It was always uh, my reason for going was to hang out with 
Jimmy Kim. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, it was just great. I would, yeah, I'd have to say Return of the Living Dead was more near and dear probably, to your heart. Uh, what, what was yeah, your... it is. Yeah. honestly. And that's what I sort of uh, thought too. Uh, what was your reaction to hearing about uh, Vincente DeSanti's fan film "Never Hike Alone," uh, which is sort of like a Friday the Thirteenth, you know, kind of spinoff? Did he approach you for the role or anything like that, or no? No, no. How it happened? I have a I have a really good friend. He's a writer. I've been friends with him for thirty five, forty years. And um, he had a roommate whose friend was a huge horror fan mm -hmm. who kept bothering him once he found out he knew me. So out of sheer desperation, my friend, the writer, called me and goes, will you please do me a favor? This guy won't shut up. He's a huge horror fan, huge Friday the 13th fan. Will you just have dinner with him? He won't stop talking about it i said okay sure i'll be happy to do it so we all got together and we had dinner and uh it turns out um uh he suggested that he was executive producing a fan film mm -hmm. and wanted, wanted wanted to know if i wanted to be a part of it and i'm thinking in my head oh god a fan film oh sure yeah yeah of course i don't want to be a part of it but I told him I would and send me the script. He goes, well, actually, we, we, we've already shot half of it because they'd go up every week. And I said, oh, okay, well, send me that. So not thinking anything would come out of it, but being who the guy was, it was Barry. Um, uh, he sent it over, he got it, he got it over. And I got to tell you, it looks really well done. I mean, the quality was amazing. The direction was great. The first half of it and i said uh i read the script i said let's see where i where i can might be able to be able to do something so then at that point i met with vincent desante who wrote it and directed it and uh, we came up with the uh, the idea of uh, me coming back as the paramedic the paramedic was already written in the script i just had to take over the role we had to adjust mm -hmm. a little bit uh and barry j as i told you earlier uh, he was executive producer, and he also wrote and directed Killer Therapy that I recently was recently released. Okay, that's how we made that connection. Ah, but I was happy to do it. And now we did uh, Never Hike in the Snow. We brought Vinny Gustafaro back in, and and uh, when the pandemic, we're gonna go back and make a, a Never hike alone. Do you feel like the them being short stories were more impactful than having them be full featured length films no i think uh, never hiking the snow was way too short and if you would have added another what 20 well an hour another 20 minutes to never hiking alone which you could have easily done that would have mm -hmm. been a full late nature so uh uh yeah, that's just, uh, you know, I think budgetarily wise and, and Vincent's scheduling stuff and, and uh, that's what we ended up with. Okay. Now, do you think uh, like uh, the ending that these characters face in Never Hike Alone in the Never Hike Alone series will be accepted as their official endings or will they never really have a true end? Well, I think, well, it depends on what perspective you're looking at from. If you're looking at it from the perspective of uh, a, a continuation of Jason Lives, then it might, it might depending on what happens, of course, <laughs> now <laughs> the end, uh, it might have a direct correlation to the, 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 the Tommy Jarvis uh, saga. Now, if they make a Friday the 13th part 13 and they do a continuation of uh, Jason lives at that point, forgetting everything else, uh, because they easily could, could do that. That would be uh, phenomenal, and uh, I think they should with the success of Halloween that, that Halloween had. That would only make make sense to me. So, uh, a lot of people consider the Never Hike Alone 
part of the franchise, man, because it's just so good. Uh, uh, some some of some people a lot people like it better than some of the uh, the movies themselves. Regular. No. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, we're we're onto something, and the fans are, are glad to see him. I mean, there's a lot of fan films that are dealing with Jason right now, so it's fun just to keep it going while the lawsuit's going on. You know, personally, uh, if they do make more Friday the Thirteenth Jason movies, I would like to see it in a form of let's reboot this franchise instead of continuing it. You know. With him going to space, it kind of got a little. Yeah, bit of... it's just it's just it's just a mishmash of stuff, you know. They never really had a through line, and it's there's no real continuation, you know. Yeah, um, I, that's why I like what John Carpenter did with the 2018 Halloween. What he did is, you know what? Let's start fresh, you know. And he basically took the concept of. Let's take every movie after the first one and pretend it never happened. And the Halloween 2018 is the new sequel. And it's built on from there. Obviously, it was hugely successful. Two more films are coming out. One was supposed to come out in last year. It was pushed back to this year. And that ended up being a very successful formula, at least for the Halloween series. And I think something very similar could be done with the Jason movies and the Friday the 13th movies. Now, if they do do that and you get a call for either a cameo appearance or to come back and play another character, would you take that? I wouldn't play another character. I'd play the same character. I'd play Tommy Jarvis in some form. I wouldn't come back and play a different character. Just, that doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's like having... You know, it's like writing a book and having a continuation of a book. It's not, you have the same title but different characters. It doesn't, I mean, yeah. you have one main character that's the same. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. So I wouldn't do just any part. I've turned down other other parts in other uh, fan films to be a different character uh, it, 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 with a Jason uh, around. So I, I just, I couldn't do it. How do you feel if you were to imagine the script, Jason, 35 plus years after the events of Friday the 13th, part six, how do you envision Tommy Tommy uh, Jarvis's character being uh, at this point in his life, 35 years later? Yeah, I, I think, he, you know, he's just, a, he can't, he, he's, he just knows Jason's going to come back. And even though he hasn't come back in 35 years, or or however long it is it, it, it just uh he's still he's still in Wessex county around the camp and and uh i, I i've always saw, seen him in a backwoods in a cabin and um you know going into town once every three months to get uh, food still staying in shape and, and working out and just getting ready for jason when jason comes back because he's He's pretty sure it's going back, setting traps around. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like, very similar to what Jamie Lee characters was in Halloween 2018. A recluse cut herself off from the rest of the world, waiting, like Tommy's waiting for what he knows is inevitably going to happen. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think uh, he could ever go back into to, to regular life you know yeah. he could have he could have tried and, and failed at a marriage and have a child or two that could be part of his his history um it just it's just not pretty <laughs> when jason gets involved now you know all someone the... oh go someone on had, a, had an image which i thought was great um uh, uh because of global warming 35 years later, the water is leveling down in the lake. So you'll do a drone sh- and fly over the see Jason's yeah. head just below the water net. That's a great idea. Isn't that a great idea? That is a great Shh, idea. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell anybody. That yeah, is it's very gr- topical. <laughs> Is it great? It is great. And then I'm thinking, you know, 
Lightning strikes twice. <laughs> Hits him on the head. Hello. Now, between you and me. No, won't share it. Uh, even though all this time has passed, do people, uh, you know, sometimes recognize you from either Return of the Living Dead, Friday the 13th? You've done a lot of other stuff, too. Let's not forget to mention that. You have been in a lot of stuff uh, throughout the 90s. Well, they, they used to when you could go out to dinner and stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been out to dinner in like a year. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know. People people recognize me every now and again. They, it's, I, maybe it's my mannerisms or stuff. Because even, even when I'm working with the construction guys and stuff like that, there'll be other guys with different crews that I'll bring like a subcontractor and stuff. And they're like, they're kind of, you know, I know you. <laughs> so we kind of get into that conversation, which is a lot of fun. Uh, have you, uh, happens a lot. How how do your cats? I uh, was cats. How do your kids feel about? Uh, I'm assuming your kids have seen you uh, acting. Uh, you know, maybe. yeah. I had my son, my my middle son Miles and Catherine, my daughter, uh, go up and uh, first time on the set, shoot uh, one day for uh, Never Hike Alone. Oh. We were up in locally up here in, in Lake Arrowhead. Oh. <laughs> my son, my son, he's never seen me actually film in person before. So uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. And he goes, he goes, Dad, that was amazing. You're really good. <laughs> so, so that was fun for me to have them see that, uh, and. Um, you know, and then they they saw the the final cut and stuff like that. Oh, something funny just happened. My my older son is going to Boulder. I mean, my middle son Miles is going to Boulder right now, and uh, he's got sweet mates and you know, roommates and sweet mates. So uh, they want to get a house and blah blah blah. And then the mother found out who I was, and the son found out who I who Miles was. So they were really really impressed because of all the movies and stuff like that. So that was fun for him again. Uh, yeah. yeah 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 for me i have three teenagers i have three teenagers yeah. and my daughter who's in college is actually my head editor and uh you know uh, it's weird how your children perceive you and what you're doing when i first started this and i i'm approaching <laughs> 50 interviews now they were all like, wow, you're talking to that? And now I'm like, hey, guess what? I got I got Tom Matthews, who was in that Friday the 13th movie we saw a couple months ago. They're like, okay, that's cool, Dad. I'm like, okay, I guess that excitement. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that excitement just wears off quickly. When, when you were filming Friday the 13th Part 6, and you came up, uh, I forget the actor's name who actually played Jason in Part 6. I know Kane Hodder. Who was really famous for playing Jason? CJ. We actually have two guys, two stunt guys. CJ Graham was the one who gets uh, up. That's the other guy, and that's who you're thinking of. CJ okay, Graham. Okay. Okay. How imposing was it for you to come up to with to Jason Voorhees in full mace, uh, makeup and the whole gear, the whole nine yards? Did it intimidate you? Well, not being a horror horror geek like some people um he was just a big guy so i you know it, it was it was very easy to act off of that because uh -huh. acting is reacting so um what i was feeling was was you know putting in that situation uh was, was pretty i guess typical or, or normal for me i guess because you always trying to put yourself in that in that situation uh and cj is still big i mean we i see him see him a lot uh, in the convention circuits and stuff. He's a great guy and, uh, you know, just fun-loving and is a mountain, mountain of a man. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, to me, I just try to envision myself. If I was on the set, and no matter who it was, whether it's Kane Hodder that took over the role of Jason, I think, in Part 7, or these big guys that come in with the hockey mask and uh, the makeup, 
uh, I'm like, damn, would that intimidate me or what? I'm, I don't know if I would be intimidated or just get a big laugh out of it. <laughs> so I've always wondered, you know, what would it be like to come up and how do the actors feel like coming across, whether it's a Jason Voorhees or a Michael Myers, who terrify us as fans on the screen. Right. But what's it like seeing them in person while you're while you're filming? Now, movie- well, it's when you you know when you have lightning and rain and 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 it's the the, the scene is set up to go a certain way with all the elements. Um, the emotions just start to come, so uh, I, I think you would you would have the appropriate response that was required for the scene. Uh, otherwise, if it's just some guy walking around Hollywood Boulevard, then then you could probably have the you know the appropriate response would be the laugh or whatever, exactly. depending on the guy. I mean, if it was if it was seven foot tall and in a Jason mask, that would be pretty imposing. I don't think you'd be laughing at a guy who was seven foot tall. Uh, Doing the Jason, no Jason thing, no, no. Vincent Vincent Desante is a pretty big guy too, so he's yeah. I think he's six four. You know, he's pretty imposing as well. Yeah, yeah. I I've I've met Kane Hodder as well, and uh, who took over Jason starting in part seven. Yeah, and he's a big dude. Sure, he's a big dude. Yeah. Now we only uh, we're almost out of time. One last question. Uh, you know, you have a successful construction business. Uh, moving forward in your life and career, uh, do you still want to keep in some way, shape or form, uh, connection or the door open to acting as well? Yeah, I do. Actually, I, 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 I stopped doing it for a while. I, uh, had three children that I had to raise and wanted to raise and want to be a part of their lives. Um, so I wasn't really pursuing it that much, but. Now they're kind of grown and out, and I have more, more, more time, and you know I can yeah. get away for weeks at a time, if, as long as I, I'm the boss, so I get to set up the schedule. And there's, you know, there's Skype and Zoom and all that stuff, which is exactly. question, so it's a lot easier. Yeah. I, that's what happened when when I did the Western. So that was uh, the guys kept working and the clients were happy. Um, so. So why Everyone's not do happy. both, right? Yeah, why not do yeah. both? Yeah. Sure. Uh, I enjoy it. I, I like doing it. And uh, my wife said I'm really good at it. So well, the I, thing is I enjoy I, doing I, it. You are good at it. And take it, you know, I'm letting you know you are you are good at it. You're a great actor. You're a great, it's, it's you're, you're a big when part. It stops, when it stops being fun, then I'll probably not do it. Okay. You know? That makes sense. But it's still fun. You are a huge piece of many different pieces to what makes Return of the Living Dead a cult classic, you know? You know, your character, Freddy, you were fantastic, you know? And as Tommy Jarvis, you you were fantastic. Just got lucky, you know, right during the right place at the right time and... Those those characters spoke to me and that's what you want in 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 a script. Uh, yeah, in a role. Absolutely. And you did Good a br- writing. brilliant job. Thank you. Tom. Thank you very much. Appreciate thank, that. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, any final thoughts? All you the want- best to the fans out there. The horror fans are the best fans in the world. Absolutely. Uh, I know guys have done bigger things than I have, but the horror fans are just the best. We're dead. So, yeah. All the best, everybody. Stay safe. Yeah, we're, well. we're dedicated and we're loyal. And remember, it doesn't matter how many years pass, we we remember the the characters that left an impression on us. And your characters have left an impression on us, no doubt. Thank you so much to all Absolutely our viewers. Absolutely, Thank you. Uh, th- th- you're welcome. And thank you for being here with us. Thank you to all our viewers for tuning in. I'll be back on the air tomorrow on behalf of Tom Matthews and myself. Everybody stay safe. And until next time, stay walking. Good night. Be well, everybody. Bye-bye. Ciao.